the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If God is for us, who can be against us? Really? There's absolutely no response to that other than, man, let me loose to serve Christ. We'll talk about that next here on Abounding Grace. Can you lose your salvation? Can you walk away from it? Can somebody take it away from you? Come up with any argument you can for the possibility of losing your salvation in Christ. The Apostle Paul will shoot it down here in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. You see, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then he goes on to describe a variety of areas where people think that they can lose God's favor. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary Wagner on today's edition of Abounding Grace and be really assured of God's love for us and just how far-reaching it really is. Here's Gary and today's Abounding Grace. If God be for us. Verse 28. To those who love God, which are defined as those who keep God's commandments, that in all things God is working in them to bring good. Many of those things will not be good, at least at the moment. But we serve a God who brings good out of evil and out of trouble and out of suffering. Even more, verse 29, God foreknew us. He foreloved us, his people, before the foundation of the world. He also chose us to be conformed into the image of His Son, so that the sufferings, the hardships, the bodily weakness, the interpersonal conflicts and struggles that we have, the disappointments that we have had in our various church relationships, all of these things are part of God's eternal love and is marking out the boundaries of our lives, so that we should be made more like Jesus, so that we would learn obedience through what we suffer, that we would learn to cry out to our Father in heaven, not to complain, but for his strength. Verse 30, there is a chain in all of this. We looked at this last Lord's Day. Remember, God foreknew, foreloved his people. He chose them to be his own before we were born, before we had done any good or evil. And it has nothing really to do with us because we are all deserving of God's condemnation and God's eternal damnation. But God chose us out of a people for himself. In time, he he called them, not just the general call of our voices uh, uh, through evangelism, but to that voice like Lydia, adding his voice and calling the dead out of their tombs 
so that those who hear the voice of the Son of God are brought to new life. Now, how do we know that we have received that effectual calling of God? It is that we run to Jesus and we cling to him because all those whom God calls, verse 30, he then justifies. All those whom he calls, he declares them to be righteous through the righteousness of his son. And them he will sanctify and he will glorify. Now, as Paul, who is receiving this himself, it wasn't like the apostles and the other writers of Scripture knew all of these things, and they were just so smart that God merely prompted them to write down their thoughts. No, they were learning as God was giving them these things, and they stood in amazement like we do. So Paul's inspired and yet very personal response in verse 31 is, what in the world may we possibly say to these things? I know what most Americans would say to these things. Who, who just texted me? Who just emailed me? What celebrity just took their clothes off? Who won the baseball game today? That is what many would say to these things today because they are not the slightest bit interested. But for Christians here, these are such wonderful things that we should think about them all day long. They will give us joy in our morning prayers. Boy, I'm coming to a reconciled God. He'll give us zeal through the day as we do our work for him. And then remember, any troubles to come into our life, if these are true, God is going to uphold me no matter what happens because he was thinking about me, and loving me, and he called me, justified me, and he will glorify me independently of my works because all I had was demerit. All I had was reason for him to cast me into hell, but he chose me to be his own. The more we think about sacred truths, the more we think about the gospel, the more awestruck our hearts should be at what God has done for us. The subject of these verses is not me. It is not you. It's not our problems. It's not our struggles. It's not how we want our life to go. The subject of these verses is the God of mercy and of grace and of sovereign power, of omnipotence, of omniscience, the God of whom, through whom, to whom is all things. He is the subject. So when our lives and our faiths are built upon this rock, we can look out over the most boisterous, the most tempestuous seas of trouble, suffering problems in our home and say, my God loves me. I don't know why he's having me to go through this, but I know his purposes are being worked out. So I will put my hand upon my lips and I will trust him. So our joy and peace do not lie in everything turning out like we would selfishly wish but they lie in God himself. They lie in his gospel. Now, we're never going to feel this way like Paul did about the gospel. 
what we are going to say to these things, foreknowledge and election. Oh, I don't want to talk really about election, and predestination, and effectual calling and justification and glorification, which also, of course, includes sanctification or all those things leading up to our perfection. But we're never going to feel this way about the gospel unless we thoroughly understand and think about what God has done for us. Too many today think they understand the gospel when they say, well, Jesus died for me on a cross. But that's all I really know. But you know, many other men have died on crosses. So why does the death of this man on the cross make a difference? The Holy Spirit, whenever he saves men, he never just says, okay, here's a word or two that will bring you up to heaven. Just let that float around in your muddled head. That's not what he does for us. He lays it all out. He unfolds it. Because these truths are of such momentous personal significance for you and for me. Because it is appointed unto men once to die. And after that judgment, there is no intermediate, no purgatory, no chance. It's die and judgment. These truths are of such importance that he makes them very clear to us. He wants us to give our thinking to them. He wants us to understand what God has done for us so that we will think carefully about his redeeming work because our faith, our life, our strength unto holiness, our security, our stability in this world, where do these things come from? They come by building one's life on the foundation of God's eternal Electing, calling, justifying, glorifying love, grace, and mercy through his Son. So we must understand them and believe them, at least as far as we are able to understand them. Ignorance is not bliss, brothers, when it comes to your soul. Snippets are not going to beat Satan and sin. They're just going to make us more like we already are today throughout the church. Children tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. Because our heart's spirit is not just hear and see. And ask Paul, what are we going to do with these things that are so wonderful and so majestic, so dominating for faith, for life, for hope? No, we must study the merciful work of God. It is our privilege and our duty to study carefully and completely as possible what God has done for us. And then our faith will be stable and we won't be tossed and turned every which way. Why? Because our faith and hope are built upon God and his truth then. We will be able to overcome worldliness and distractions. Think about it. Why are people distracted today? Why are we always waiting for the next big technology? Why are we waiting for that? Why do people care? 
Because their minds are already unhinged. Their souls are already unhinged. There's nothing stable. There is no eternal truth. That is the only. Now listen carefully and teach this to your children. That is the only thing that will tether our souls to God. To stability. To holiness. It is his truth. He made us this way. If his truth is not in our thoughts. If we are not constantly meditating on it. Then Forrest Gump is right. We are just feathers being blown around, just waiting to be picked up by the next huckster, the next marketer, or whatever. Only one thing will stabilize your life and your family's life. One thing only. It's not drugs. It's not counseling. Not psychology. It is God's holy truth. So we're to think on these things, give ourselves to them, or else our zeal is going to be low. Because low zeal is the fruit of low views of Christ and low views of the gospel. So what are we going to say about these things? You and me, what are we going to say about them? They are too wonderful. And they promote a continual feast for us if we would give ourselves to them. They are the brightest light in the darkest places. What God has done for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice here, Paul says one thing. What then will we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That is one thing that we can say because nothing is more important for us than to know for sure that God is for me. Then why did Paul say, if? Well, he just used this little particle here, but it, it could just as easily be translated sense, S-I-N-C-E. It's not meant to convey, it, is he or is he not? It was just the way it was translated. So what this flow of, what is this flow of thought? So since God foreknew us, since God predestined us, chose us, since God justified us, since God called us and pledges to glorify us, nothing, nothing can move him, shake him from accomplishing his purposes in our lives. If, since, God is for us. If we are persuaded that God is for us, then with Calvin we can say we have courage to rest every temptation. If since God is for us, since God is for us, we are supported in every season of life, even when we don't feel it, even when we have wandered for God. Who do you think is supporting you so you don't wander off a cliff into hell? He is. Since God is for us, he supports us as every step. Since God is for us, why are we fearful? Why are we discouraged? Should we ever hesitate to speak for him, to speak the truth in our families? Oppose meekly and humbly our husbands or wives if she or he is leading the family astray? 
If God is for us, you see, nothing is more invigorating or refreshing for you in your particular situation than the confidence that God is for me. Look how he has shown this to me, called me, chose me, loves me, justified me, promises to glorify me, working all things together for good. God is for me. Boy, when we know God is for us, what does that mean? It means the truth is for us. That is ultimately why I believe in the victory of the gospel. And that all of God's enemies are going to be destroyed in history, throughout history, at the end of history. Because if you align yourself against the truth, it is a suicide march, beloved. Now, when I say truth, it is with a capital T and a capital R and a capital U. For thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in the heavens. Why? Because he is. Therefore, if his truth is for us, we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. You might say, yeah, but I still go through. You have nothing to fear. It doesn't mean you don't have things to learn as sons and daughters. And it doesn't mean he doesn't want you to go through some pain so that he can show you his strength and your weakness. But you have nothing to fear. Because the living truth, the unapproachable light, the consuming fire, the God of mercy and grace and love is for us. He loves us. He chose us. He crucified his son for us. My friends, don't be unbelieving. The living God is for you. And the more important you understand the gospel and what he has done for us, the more you will grow in confidence that God is for us. I can go to work with a good spirit I can have family worship even though my husband doesn't want to do it or my wife doesn't want to do it. I can do this because God, the living, the true, the eternal, the lover, the reconciler, he is for me in his son. And then Paul says, it doesn't matter who's against us. Now Paul doesn't just say, okay, you know, God's for you, men. Hey, whatever. He's not saying this in some cavalier dismissal of all the troubles we have to pass through. For it's through much tribulation that we must enter God's eternal city. He knew that. Even in his own day, many were against the church and against God's truth. But we have to face them, do we not? We have to love our enemies. We have to do good to those who hate us. We have to pray to the, for those who treat us meanly. We need to be ready to suffer, my friends. We need to be ready to speak a word and truth in God's name. We need to be ready to suffer because sometimes God wants us to feel the cross a little bit more keenly. So we need to be ready for these things. Consider our beastly scene sins are your beastly sins my beastly sins because every sin you commit is beastly and so is mine and it deserves to be punished 
These things have to be resisted and overcome by God's grace. But we're able to do so with confidence, again, because God is for us. These are going to be, there are going to be many things that are going to be against us. Many things. But the implication here is it doesn't matter. Because if the living God is for you, and he has shown this to us in a million ways, if he is for us, then it doesn't matter who is against us. Now, the obvious implication for you and for me is that we better make sure God is for us. There are many people who say, oh, me and God, we're tight. Everything will work out fine with me and God. And the big man will have a discussion when I come to stand before him. I wouldn't want to be in their smoking boots at that particular point in time. Because their low views of God will become a very acute reality when he immediately sends them to hell. We better make sure God is for us. So who is God for? Many people today claim friendship with God. But he looks at them and he says, I never knew you. I never loved you. You were never mine. So how do we know if God is for us? God is only for those, and follow this train of thought, whom he has foreknown, whom he has chosen, whom he has called, justified, and will glorify. In other words, God is only for those who repent and believe the gospel. Those are the only people God is for. So we must therefore repent and we must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. What did Jesus say to the Jews in John eight twenty four? Unless you believe that I am He, you will perish in your sins. You will die in them. So we must believe that Jesus is the eternal son of the living God, the only savior of sinners, the only mediator between God and man. And then we run to him. Because remember, we are chosen in him. We are called by his voice. We are made righteous, justified through his obedience and suffer. We are glorified by his spirit. So everything ties right back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to know God is for him, for us, come to him. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I urge you, as I did last week, to close with Christ in this season of your life. Beloved, how, who knows how many seasons you have left? But even beyond just personal concerns of, I don't want to go to hell. Do you want to know my life is where it's supposed to be and I am reconciled to God, to the God of the universe who loves, calls, justifies, and glorifies? Then come to the Son that you might have life. Because if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So come to the Lord Jesus and you can have complete, complete confidence that God is for you. Let the world rage. 
Let Satan shoot his fiery darts. It's okay. Let sin come and assail you. That's okay. God is for us. Let persecution come among us again. No problem. Bring it on. God is for us. Don't worry about it. God is for us. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408 866 5607 is our phone number. 408 866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.